Episode 49 of the Football Fitness Federation podcast is with the Head of Sports Science at Fleetwood Town, Yul Maweni. It was great to have Yul on. As many of you will know, Yul was a former player at uh, numerous clubs, including Preston, um, Aberdeen, and also Fleetwood as well. And he's, also, he's transitioned into the role of Sports Science or, or Head of Sports Science and I think it was a great chat with Yule regarding his transition and what got him into um, fitness and sports science um, from being a player. So we split it into two parts, this podcast. We had the first part where Yule spoke as a player, so his experiences as a player, and then we transitioned into him now as a coach. So we some of the topics we covered was his career from player to fitness coach. We also spoke about um, the benefits of playing before coaching, um, which he had some really good views on, interesting views on. And then also the skills needed in his current role. So what he has he had to develop from uh, being a player to a coach, so the skills he's had to develop, but also the skills that, that crossed over, so the skills that he had as a player that are beneficial now as a coach. I hope you enjoy the episode with you because I really enjoyed chatting with him. Um, it was a really insightful chat, and I, I mentioned to him off air that we'll, we'll try and get another episode in. He also mentioned um, James Barrow up at Fleetwood quite a few times and I know they're doing some great work up there so we are going to look at getting them both on at some point and hopefully heading up to Fleetwood as well for one of our network meetings at some point possibly next year so that that's really exciting. I haven't mentioned in a while but you can go and check out our Football Fitness Federation online community. So the community is a platform we set up. It's available on our website and it gives you access to, uh, we've got numerous webinars on there. So we've got some webinars from Andy Wiseman um, on recovery. There's one from Evie Casagrande on uh, long-term athletic development. There's also one from Lou Coldham down at West Ham on goalkeeper strength conditioning. And then we've also putting up our network meeting presentations. So Adam Kerr's presentation is on there from Scunthorpe and there's a few others over on the community as well. And we're going to add more information onto the community as well over the next few months. So you can go and check out the community. It's available just for $4.99 a month and you do get all the information and there's a forum on there as well where you can speak with other coaches, other coaches that are on there. You can also interact with us on there too. And there's some good discussions on there, but we will be adding more information, more discussions onto the community as well. So if you want to go and check it out, just go onto our website, footballfitfed.com and click the community tab and that'll take you through um, to where you can sign up to the community. Thank you again for listening. It's great to have people uh, constantly listening to the episodes and people are tagging us in on social media uh, with pre- previous episodes. So that's I really appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, please continue to spread the word so tag in friends that might benefit from the information we put out there colleagues family whoever it is um, share it on social media send them the episode on whatsapp or however you will spread the information i really do appreciate you doing that and enjoy the episode with you Welcome back to another episode of the Football Fitness Federation. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by, by Yul Maweni, who is the head sports scientist at Fleetwood Town. Yul, thank you very much for giving up your time and coming on. Thank you. Thanks for your time. 
It's great to get you on, and I've been wanting someone exactly like yourself for a long time, as you've got both sides of um, what we're going to talk about in terms of the player perspective, but also as a coach. So that's what the episode is going to be focused on. But just to kick us off, Yul, do you want to take us through your career so far? So I've mentioned your current role, and I've also briefly mentioned there about your playing career. Do you want to touch on that and, and where you've been and what you've been up to? Yes, yes. So thanks for the introduction, Ben. Uh, I mean, to start with, um, I, I, like the, 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 I like the title, but uh, uh, we only fit with club, fit with Town Football Club. And, and, uh, and obviously, um, I'm working with Jimmy Barrow and we work in close connection. And I don't see, really see myself as a head whatsoever because there, there's no such thing as a massive department. We're not in charge of that many people basically but it is nice to get a little bit of credit and obviously an invitation on, on, on your show so really grateful and appreciate um, in terms of my background um, probably a little bit different from 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 uh, some of the guys than you may have had because um, I've had the good fortune to 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 play professional football um, and obviously starting in France which is my home country uh, moving across to England in my early 20s so uh, quite a young age um, and then having the good fortune to make a pretty decent career uh, if, I, if, I, if I say so myself, uh, you know, also I never played to the top, top, top level. Um, I was fortunate to, to play for massive club like Derby County and Preston and then, and then to travel around and then discover new countries, you know, uh, new peoples, you know, so, um, um, so yeah, it's... Um, I've done that and obviously moving on from my career, I'm not going to go on too much about it. I think it's in 2010 I was at Preston. Um, unfortunately, I picked up a few injuries along the line and then especially ACL, but I had a bit of surgery here and there. And um, I kind of felt that I needed to start to look at what's next for me. And uh, almost naturally, Unfortunately, through those injury, but it kind of opened for me the door for all the strength and conditioning, sports science or physical preparation, as we, we used to call it. Um, and, and, and so in, in, in line with a, the with a PFA, I kind of started a sports science in, in 2010 while I was still playing. Um, and which is a course uh, that was led by Damien Kell at the time at Manchester Metropolitan, um, who was really, really, uh, really, really well, well-grounded course, very diverse, obviously, sports science, three, four major um, blog, biomechanics, physiology, uh, nutrition, and, 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 um, and that. So, um, Done it for five years, took a long time, part-time degrees, you know, I mean, at that age, it's obviously really tough to get back to just reading to start with, you know, and then building report, building lab report and building dissertation. So uh, I had to kind of grind it down a bit, but I kind of got hooked for it. And, um, and, and, and the, the beautiful thing is when I retired from football in 2013, um, I was at Freetwood. Fleetwood were looking for staff members to kind of fill in the, the, the gap from moving from an amateur club to a professional club. And uh, I was just right, I was just there, right place, right times to get an opportunity first with a youth setup and then with the first team very quickly. Um, and, and the beauty of it is, is that 
I could use everything I would learn on a course and apply it for the, on, with my practice daily, and then and then vice versa. I would use one doing daily for my lab report and some of the stuff. So the overlap came at the perfect time for me, um, and uh, and then that's been a real real bonus. Something I've never really regretted. Also, the early part was quite tough. Never really regretted taking on board, and uh, so I graduated in 2015. Um, and, and by then, I kind of felt that I did not know enough. Um, I felt that, especially everything surrounding strength and conditioning, obviously, um, I, I, I'd been in touch with it through, obviously, being a professional athlete for, for, for a few years, but obviously understanding um, how things work and, and, and having a look from what it looks like on the other side is very, very different. So. Um, so I embarked on the sports and the master, sorry, on a, on a SNC master part time with uh, Chris Edmundson at at the U Clan, which again uh, proved extremely fruitful. Um, a really, really, really good course, which I, I highly recommend. Uh, part time again, and that's just opened the door for a lot more. And, and like I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm I'm glad Van. I'm glad that I moved that on because that really gave me another gear, basically. Um, and so, if I can summarize, my background is, um, is is very much on the applied stuff of thing, and probably more on a recipient of all those intervention and some of the stuff. And and I kind of got a taste for it and felt that if I had to do something I'm passionate about, it would have to be something surrounding strength and conditioning, basically. No, that's awesome, mate. And I, I think we're going to split this podcast pretty much into two. So we're going to start as you as a player. And I want you to try and get in the mindset as when you were playing, because I've got a few questions on that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll progress it into your coaching and, and obviously what you're currently doing in your role now. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to know you, and this isn't just for yourself, but it's for teammates as well when you were playing. What was the perception of sports science or strength conditioning when you were playing? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good question because my early years and especially in France, we were exposed to um, fitness fitness coaching. Uh, at the time, that I don't think they called it strength and conditioning, but it was quite evolved. When I look back, some of the stuff we are doing, it was quite uh, it was quite ahead. Um, so the major change for me has been the technology and maybe i'll touch on later on on the gps monitoring and heart rate monitoring but back in the days when i started we did not have that that form of technology it wasn't pushed as much you know uh, i remember well, the stuff we'll do is we'll do a run and kind of get our pulse basically after the running that's the type of stuff we were doing, but when you look back, uh, the principle were already there, everything was there. It's just that now the technology allows us to kind of be more precise with our markers and then monitor uh, what we do a little bit better. Um, when I moved to England, things starting obviously at the highest level to move very, very, very quickly. Um, as the year as the year passing, um, I was exposed more and more and more to sports science intervention, uh, all the recovery side of things, uh, including the ice bath and and, and some of the protocol we we, we use uh, um, started to grow. The 
the part where I've got the most exposed, unfortunately, is again through injuries. When I had a couple of surgeries uh, in 2006 and 2010, I moved back to France for the surgery and then the rehab. The, all my rehab or most of my rehab were done in my club, but also in the CERS, which is the European Center for Rehabilitation. And there's one in, uh, in the southwest of France, you know. And that's where really I was exposed to um, the typical holistic approach to uh, player reconditioning, basically, regarding the psychological aspects, uh, the nutritional aspects, the, the, the cardiovascular maintenance while you, you can't really um, run, obviously, properly. And then all the um, strength, and, strength and obviously conditioning element with it, you know. So um, as a player, I bought into it early doors. I wasn't a gifted player and I had to work extremely hard to get opportunities. So for me, I always try to look for what's the best to improve myself. Um, and I was fortunate because through those injuries, I got in touch with really, really good coaches. Um, I remember training in altitude one year for the close season. I remember training in a training camp on the sand where there's a lot of sand-based running for, for one summer. And like I said, I will try and tweak stuff and every year try and improve my cross-season program to come back in a top, top shape. Um, so my take was I'm happy to try whatever, whatever the research suggests, I would be happy to try. And I've tried pretty much a lot of stuff, you know. Now, the perception in the changing room is all, is all relative. And I think very often it depends on the context, your level, you know, um, are players more receptive at the highest level than they are at lower league level? It is a question, you know. What I find is, is it depends. Um, very often, unfortunately, as a player, you kind of learn by making a mistake. So the players will have to get burned or will have to get injured, unfortunately, in order to start to buy into um, individualized prehab, strength training, um, instead of just the typical footballers for me like I was is, is a guy who generally just want to go out and play go out and train and it's always oh let me train or oh, that doesn't matter you know what matters is with the ball and you know so you, you can still kind of hear those those kind of things which to be fair it's it's moving on slowly but the cultures we in was very much that type of cultures um which me, I, I didn't quite understand. I think that you take the best of wherever you can and you try and apply it to your context and kind of, and kind of tweak your programs in order to get better. Um, so a little bit of an average answer, I'm afraid, is this one. I think the, the taking and the buying uh, from the player has depended over the years. I, I myself bought into it really, really early because I had to. Um, would have had not had those injuries, would have had bought into it. I still think I would because, uh, like I said, I was kind of a, a competitive, driven kind of young players, you know, and I would not take no for an answer. I was a bit of a pest for physios and that because I was always the guy asking questions, trying to question why am I doing this? Is it not better to do it like this? I was super motivated to improve, you know, and to and to, and to to make a career for myself, I guess, you know. So, um, um 
And in terms of a development, it's obviously been huge. And, and obviously I've seen that from a player side of things to more of a coach's side now, but it's basically day and night in terms of the knowledge and, and then the spreading of the knowledge. Now we even have infographic or we even have, um, the knowledge is widespread. I mean, today, if you wanted to find a way uh, to, uh, to rehab a patella tendon, there'll be a lot of things out there, possibly even too much. Uh, in some capacity where you'll be thinking, oh, uh, he's telling me this, but this one's telling me that, you know. So, uh, but the research is is widespread, which which is which is really helpful, and it's a case of pretty much uh, the way I see it now is it's a case of we know there's enough evidence. The problem is probably how to apply it to your context, basically. Um, and that's probably where the, 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 um, the money is earned and where the, the questions are being asked, you know, uh, is the dissemination widespread to a level where in the football league for a, a group of under 23 players, what is our current practice basically? Um, so um, I hope I answer your question, Ben. Sorry, I've gone on a little bit here. No, not at all. I think it, it does definitely, and it's it's really fascinating to hear that. Obviously, with your background and the injuries that you that you went through, that that obviously led you down the path of uh, wanting to know more. And I think there's plenty of players that will be in that same sort of situation now that are hopefully doing the same thing. Do you just quickly on that as well? Yeah. Do you think that uh, the modern day player? has a different approach to not necessarily yourself, and obviously you don't have to name names, but to your teammates that you played with? Yeah, again, it's a good question. Um, I mean, the, the modern day players is, is someone who's bothered about their performances, I would say. So because now we can measure, for example, distance during games and now, you can kind of get players to... To, to kind of sucked in in that and which is a positive thing which means by monitoring what they do during training f trying to find ways to feed back on the high speed recovering the acceleration the, the total distance recovering game it's it's um, it's really helpful to get the players to buy in into certain things than we're doing um, in, in, in some ways, which is tough, again, which we, we, we never had uh, during my years. In, during my years, Prozone was just about starting and sometimes you'll have your data, sometimes not. So today, even for football league game, every player in every, in every club can have his performances in terms of physical performance from the weekend. So, um, so in terms of the conditioning during the, during the week, it is easier to, um, with objective marker, to kind of get players to buy in into your strategy, your recovery strategy, post-match, ice bath or nutrition, whatever you've got set for the players, when you have number to back yourself up. And like I say, it's probably not necessary because someone who's self-driven and self-motivated would want to do it well. Uh, but for a number of guys, it is helpful to have that feedback process because it just it just gives you more opportunities to get players to buy into what you're doing, basically. That's great. And just to lead into, obviously, what you're doing now in terms of the coaching, and I know you've got some good thoughts on this, but how advantageous do you think it was 
that you had a playing career as a coach now? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a really, really good question. Um, again, I might disappoint you again with the answer, but I mean, after five years, and like I said, I'm pretty young doing what I'm doing, and I'm trying to learn, and I've learned a lot, for example, from Jimmy Barrow this uh, last couple of years when he arrived at the club, is his own, uh, I think it depends. I think it totally depends. A little bit like a next, a next player cannot necessarily make a good manager or someone who's not necessarily play the game can make an excellent manager. We've seen with Mourinho or, or, or Arsene Wenger, for example. Um, I think it depends. I think when we talk about coaches, for me, we talk about people's skills. We talk about the capacity you have to connect with people, to interact with people, the, the capacity you have to find ways to... To, to, to create connections, basically, whatever that might be. And sometimes having played the game is not necessarily an advantage in a sense than or whatever I say goes. No, it's not, you know. There's still an element of understanding what the player's going through and, and having empathy for the players, you know. The good thing is in, in rehabs and now, obviously, I've suffered a lot of injury. I know what the boys are going through and that, that, that's... That's my way to kind of connect with players sometimes, especially when someone's picking injuries. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's actually quite complex. And sometimes you can have the best session, the best template, the best Excel sheet in, in you know, and all your things all tidy together. Um, you only limited your ability to, to, to connect with people. And, and the same managing up with managers for me is someone I, I still find extremely challenging. Um, and like I said, I've learned a lot from Jimmy last few years and, and how to interact and, and how to be proactive with the way you, you how, when to find the time to connect with a manager, to go to him and when it's the wrong times. All those things, like I said, I've started, I was a bit cruelless because I've been a player, yes, but all those skills, I'm having to learn it. And like I said, I'm, I'm, at the minute, that's, that's really, really challenging for me. Um, to 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 get that aspects, you know. So um, I, I I talk a lot about credibility. Uh, player will buy into someone who's who's got credibility. Who means when someone's when they believed in. Now you don't have to have played the game at the highest level to have credibility. If your things are good, if 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 you're straightforward with the players, if you've got an honest attitude. Um, you will be able to persuade player to buy into what you're doing and talk about a bit leadership skills as well in terms of being able to influence others. Um, that's basically where the money money is, is, is from, you know. Um, now, the other aspects of it is, and I know I'm going on now a little bit, I'm starting to rant, is this van. What's really helped us, especially this year, is to set the culture. I think that when your culture is set, and player know what's expected of them and, and, and where you can uh, kind of stand your ground on certain things. I think that's a massive help, you know, in, when you look at coaches and coaching, you need to understand the environment. And when you create a culture of performance, a culture where people want to push themselves, where they want to compete uh, in the gym as well as in the training field, um, that, 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 that's, that's a big, big part of a battle for me uh, because all you have to go is just set your stuff up 
and let the player take it, basically. So, um, does he help to have played the career? I would say it depends. Um, and there, there is stuff sometimes that you will have missed because, like I said, you've not been part of a backroom staff. You don't know what's, what, what's the interaction, you know. Um, and and, and it, it, it's a complex thing for me, you know. And for me, like I said, it's, it's very much a work in progress and I'm trying to learn, obviously, from, from every side, you know. Yeah, I think that's fascinating because I think that there was a perception probably a few years ago now that if you had the playing career, that was a big benefit to whether you were going to be a, a fitness coach or a, um, a head coach or manager or whatever it was going to be. But I think you've made some great points there in the fact that you still got to progress. It's a new role, isn't it? It's different to play. Mm -hmm. And um, you said there, like, you've got to develop the skill set, you've got to develop the culture, and that's all the important things. So I think that's really fascinating. One, one thing I wanted to move on to now, you to get into your, your current role and what you're doing now, is what skills do you use or think that are, are required in your role? Yes, yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> That, that, that's a good topic. That's actually the, my dissertation for the master. Is uh, I think the title was Sports Science Strength and Conditioning Coach. Just a case study of uh, of what we do basically in the football league. Because as I mentioned, the evidence is out there at the top top level. Clubs have normally have budget where they can have big support practitioner teams. You know, a big backroom staff working together. Now, it's obviously not the case in every club, and especially as you go down the football league, you have to work a bit more on the budget at times, or a little bit more with limited human resources in terms of numbers. So, um, the role I'm doing it requires, obviously, and that's the beauty as well, and the advantages for uh, young practitioners working in lower leagues is that you're gonna have to be good at a lot of different things, basically. Um, starting from the assessment of performances, whether it's uh, uh, the, the strength assessment, explosive strength, like counter movement jump, those type of stuff, or even the yo-yo testing. So you need to touch on all the assessment part, kind of uh, need analysis of a player in order to try and individualize stuff. Uh, probably a little bit on the screening side of things as well, like stuff we've introduced this year where we're just trying to have a systematic approach to every player coming through the club. Um, stuff obviously looking into the design and trying to, and that's where the communication skills with coaches become really, really important, where um, can you influence the coaching process? Uh, can you find ways to feedback on data? What, what, what works? How do you tailor your information to coaching audience, player audience? And then there is um, obviously all the monitoring side of things. Okay, we've come up with a plan. We've, we've delivered the plan. How well have we delivered the plan in terms of hands-on? And probably here, that's where the, the football background in terms of playing will be helpful. It will be very much when you you hands-on with players, you know, delivering session. That's where really you can use the skills you've had because you've obviously been on a pitch before. So you know what it's like, you know what what you know what work, hard work looks like basically. And then obviously the monitoring side, feeding process, and all the data analysis and statistical analysis and, and you can go you, you can really go in depth into it. And obviously, going back and, and to full circle, 
going back to the um, to the tweaking of a plan. Okay, what would we do different? What would we do? What would we improve? What would we do a little bit differently? And then and then keep that circle going basically. So the beauty of a position is, like I said, it requires really really diverse skills and to be not the best, but to be good at a lot of different things, basically. Um, and, and, and I kind of love that, to be honest. You know, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a computer geek, but I'm okay with it. And like I said, I don't spend all my time outside and then just in the gym with the boys, lifting weight with them. Um, I, like to, I like the aspects when you can mix things up a little bit and have a, and have a wider array or develop a wider array of skills, basically. Yeah, that's great. And uh, do you want to touch on, because I know you mentioned before about some of the monitoring you guys are doing in terms of the GPS mm-hmm. and how that has progressed through your careers, obviously from the player to, to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, that's been a bit of a game changer for me and the, 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 the micro technology and how it's moved on. It's, 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 it's basically day and night compared to when I was playing, obviously, when we, 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 we used to take our pulse on the side of a pitch to know, uh, to know how hard we were working, you know. So um, now you can monitor so many things. I think with Catapult, we're using the system and um, we, you can measure about over a thousand variables. So um, when we started with it, our approach was really, really simple. We just wanted to start with as basic stuff as we could, which is distances and distances cover at different speed. And obviously, with how the, the accelerometers moving the data, we started to look into more uh, kind of the forces, forces um, applied, basically. So um, our approach is really, really basics, and I'm sure that a lot of clubs, and I'm sure a lot of clubs do the same. We try and monitor um, how the boys are, what the boys are doing to start with, which is more of a kind of external kind of load, you know, and basically have a coping with it where we kind of try and integrate element of uh, questionnaire well-beings as well as heart rate respond to certain drills. So. Um, nothing, like I said, that's not been done before, and I'm, I'm grateful for probably the, 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 the guys like Tom Little, who's, who's really been a really, really good influence for us, uh, but all the guys who, who they were famous, I think, uh, to, for, for, for doing all those research, because we've benefited from it, and we've just gone, oh, look at what they're doing, we can apply it, you know. Um, now, for us this year, what, what, what we, based on our limitation last year, we started to look closely what the boys are doing in the gym uh, because it is becoming easier and easier to monitor what's happening on the grass. But last year, we had, uh, I remember a time we had a bit of injury crisis. And when I look at the way we were monitoring strength training, I found that uh, there were a little bit of a loophole here or gray area here. So this year, I've been really, really hands on with the monitoring of strength training in the gym, particularly lower leg strength. Um, so that's, ta- that's, that's what's been taking really a lot of my time, Ben, to be honest, um, in order to kind of understand, uh, first analyze what we're doing, and then possibly use that as a feedback tool to understand, right, okay, um, are, we, are we lifting enough, basically? Are we lifting often enough? Are we lifting heavy enough, basically, during the week? So um, 
And like I said, it's handless. And what we try to do here is every year try and touch on an area to develop and kind of try and look for what we might find, basically. Um, so this year, very much most of my job has been really to kind of monitor. And, and I've been quite in depth with it where I monitor individually now uh, each exercise, for example, back squat or RDLs or stiff leg deadlift and each individual load on that, which is something we didn't do in the past. So it gives us a bit more of a, a bit more objective markers. If someone picks something up, we can look back and, and then look at uh, the load they lift, basically. Um, so like I said, every year we try and tweak stuff and improve what we're doing. And then this year it's something that we definitely needed to improve on. And with your role, Yul, what are some of the biggest problem, uh, problems you face? So what are some daily issues that you have to um, work, work to correct or um, try and optimise? Yeah. For me personally, and that's just me based on my current development, what I find the most challenging is to, and it's probably based on my French native language, or obviously French is my, French is my, I don't know if it's that, it could be, it could not be, but um, what's really challenging for me is uh, my connection with coaches. How do I influence coaches? How do I feedback? That's because that's really where I feel I need to learn from Jimmy quite a lot. Uh, and like I say, I observe the way he does things and he's got his ways, he's, he's brilliant at it. Uh, so for me, that's definitely an area I know I need to be better at, um, uh, trusting what I'm doing a little bit more as well, instead of questioning all the times. Um, I guess anything related to managing recruitment, Sometimes of interns can be tough, you know. Uh, how do you set out your, 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 your program for interns? How do you feedback? How do you put demands on players? So all those aspects for me as the stuff and I find challenging. Uh, probably due to my background as a player, managing player for me, I never found that a problem. Um, and then that's probably where my background will be helpful, but talking to player, relating to player, asking, putting demands on player, it's not something that uh, has been, has been um, too hard for me. Uh, as I said, probably because I can relate to them quite a bit. So um, in my development, like I said, there's a lot of skill set which I probably was missing from not having a managerial kind of background or uh, I don't know how we can call that really. But um, that's really where for me I'd like to focus. And, and, and like I said, it's, it, we, we're always dependent on our context to, to our environment to some extent. Uh, we, 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 are, we are trying to do things right in this football club, but we are what we are, which is at the minute we are a club with huge ambition, but a League One club. So we, we do have to accept sometimes that uh, the demand I used to put on myself as a player to get better, some of the players will get there eventually, but it will just take time, you know. So we have to be, um, we have to be uh, kind of, uh, we have to fine tune our stuff to, to, to our audience, to, to the player basically, in order for them to buy in a little bit and buy in a little bit more and so on. So, um, and like I said, you know, it's, a, it's very much a work in progress. I'm, I'm still seeing myself as learning, developing, um, 
And that's why obviously your podcast and some of the stuff and the guys that are doing uh, advert is always really helpful, you know, uh, meeting up with, with, with other practitioners, uh, having a look at what they do, what they're challenging. Sometimes, sometimes it's refreshing as well because you think that everyone's got it figured out and everyone knows what they're doing and they get their success. And sometimes sometimes it doesn't happen. Last, last year we had... We had a few injuries, you know, and but but through that we, we, we kind of look back on it and kind of think that okay, there's an area here where we need to be better at. So let 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 let's have a strategy about it. Let's tweak a few things and see how it goes, you know. Yeah, I think that's re- that's really interesting when you talked about um how you find it easier to sort of build the relationships with players and for me that looking at it now I think that does come from the from the playing career and, and we've had a number of coaches on that have spoke about building relationships and giving coaches tips on how to build relationships with players and you're saying there aren't you that it's more the the technical side of the role mm-hmm. you're you're looking to develop rather than the I suppose the personal skills and the communicating which you've had to do right the way through your career is that is that fair to say yeah that that's that's exactly right, Ben. Uh, all the managing side of things, all the relating to CEOs, sometimes relating to uh, financial department, uh, you know, is a thin line. And then, and, and listen, if 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 I was uh, if I was that good, I might be I might be working at a higher level. So for me, I know that's an area which is linked maybe as well to my personality. I mean, we all we all build differently. We all see things with with we, we see things with our brain sometimes as well. You know, so for us, it's a case of understanding how you work, how your personality work, and how you can interact better with people. And and like I say, for me here, I'm. I'm, I'm uh, there's no better guy than, than than Jimmy, and I know I give him a lot of credit and praise, but he has really been superb in the way he handled himself when it comes to uh, board meeting, when it comes to um, meeting regarding the training plan, how to influence the training plan, what keywords to use. Every coach is use keywords. Is it stretching or yoga? Is it uh, extensive or uh, uh, is it a ras or short, sharp training? You know, so... It's a case of um, trying to tailor what you do to the audience and not coming in with with too much almost. It's like sometimes your message needs to probably be minimal, which is where probably I'm going wrong, you know, so where I'm talking too much, I repeat myself probably a bit too much as well, like I'm doing now, you know. So, and like I said, it's it's just a way I'm built and then I'm trying to learn and pick things from that to get to a stage where you command maybe a little bit more um, I was going to say respect is probably the wrong word but you're just more uh, directive with your information instead of um, on the conditional side which is more of a research stage or yeah the research suggests this but you know um, when you're in the real world you're not in research anymore it's got to be black or white eventually and someone's got to kind of make a call at times you know and, and being directive in those type of um, uh, environment is obviously a massive plus because eventually you have to go ahead with the plan and we can't just be this or that. Um, and, and like I said, it's a, I'm very much a work in progress and I'm loving what I'm doing. That, that's the key thing is, is and I just got, um, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that 
to be fair, the transition for me, I'm really fortunate, but the transition was really smooth for me. I, I, I moved into the backroom staff as I was finishing playing. Um, I was never a guy who had to wait at home for phone calls and now um, I've not really had as well to put myself out there for an interview and it's something that I look back thinking, well, should you or should you not get out there, you know, and actually test your thing, see how good or how bad it is basically and see see, see what's still missing in your background or why you can improve, you know. Um, so so um, very much a work in progress, Ben. I think that's a key skill, Yule, to have is that um, you're a coach that's always looking to improve, always looking to learn, like seeking to speak to new people and see what other clubs are doing. And I think that's a real like key skill for coaches. And I think that the top coaches have, have done that and are doing that like consistently. And I think that's the difference, that they don't accept that they know, know everything. They're, they're constantly talking and... Some of the top coaches we've had on the podcast are doing exactly the same thing. Um, so I can see, and, and I've obviously heard the great work that you guys are doing up at Fleetwood, and uh, I know that it'll continue as long as you guys are there. So keep up the good work. It's good. Uh, just, just to add one more, because I think we've done the pros of working at that level. One of the main cons, I would say, is this van there is what we call mentorship and sometimes that's a little bit missing as well and sometimes it feels a little bit lonely now I know I'm with Jimmy and we work quite closely and with the medical department but when you look at uh, the top club being able to produce research articles and being really proactive on Twitter or on, or on the scene basically unfortunately with the time we spend on a shop floor we don't really have time for those things and and what sometimes I, I, I missed, and I remember in my early years, was to get close to someone. And I know we, we all know of Tom Little or, or Strudwick or, or Dave, who was on the podcast last time. And, and it would be nice, I would say, sometimes to be uh, a number two or a number three, uh, irrelevant of your tag, as a matter of fact, but to be part of a setup in which you can carry on your learning in-house, basically. That, that, that's something that, for me, sometimes is missing. And that's probably the cons of, uh, and the downside of, okay, you're doing a lot of things, you're on the shop floor constantly, but are you actually progressing what you're doing by learning from someone who's ahead, someone who's in charge, someone who's going to run CPD, someone who's going to um, do those things, you know? So it is a thin line. I just thought I had that, Ben. Sorry to carry on. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think the information has been great and it's great to speak to you and get your perspective, both as a player and a coach. And I think there's, um, there's loads of great, I know you think you're you're rambling on, but you're not at all. Like I think the information has been superb. Just a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, I think it's been great. You're where if anyone wants to get in touch, if they want to reach out, if they want to speak to you about the work that you guys are doing or share any work that they're doing, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I would have to join Twitter at some stage, you know, I'm, unfortunately I've not embraced on all those social media uh, things, you know, which is a mistake, I know. Um, I mean, the, the best way is obviously, I mean, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's a great idea to try and link up 
people who work in similar field. It's something like I mentioned, he sometimes get missed, you know. Um, and and so uh, I'm more than happy, obviously, uh, to leave my my email address. And anyone wants to be in touch, obviously, from 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 your side, just don't hesitate. The doors always open here, you know. And uh, as long as it's not on a, on a busy Tuesday, <laughs> um, we'll be we'll be happy to have uh, uh, some of the guys involved with uh, with a podcast uh, um, coming in and, and and having a chat or even having a look at what we do. You know, um, like I said, we've got nothing to hide here. We try and and share as much as we can. Uh, and obviously it's just good practice to exchange what, 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 what guys are doing out there, yeah. So um, I, I'll leave you my, my details. And like I said, more than happy to, to leave it on the podcast. Uh, fire an email and let us know. That's perfect, mate. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, they can reach out to us and then we can pass on the details and and, um, yeah, they can give you a shout. Yul, thank you very much for coming on today. It's been great speaking to you. I know we had a chat um, last week, but it's great to delve into a lot of these, the questions that I've got. And to be honest, I've got a load more questions. So I think it's definitely something we could do again in the future. Um, and the, the amount of times Jimmy's been mentioned, I think we need to get him on, him on as well, don't we? <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, it's been great. I mean, we work very much as a as a partnership, basically, and I try and improve my skill based on what he does and, and then vice versa, you know. So, um, so you, like I said, you're more than welcome here, guys. And thanks for the invitation. Uh, it's really rare we get to do those type of stuff, Ben. So really grateful for you thinking of us. Thank you. Not at all, you. It's been great speaking to you, and uh, I wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, Ben. I appreciate. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Like I said at the start of the episode, it was great to have Yule on. I think it was it's something I wanted to do for a while was get a player perspective, and I think it's even better the fact that Yule was a player and now is working in sports science so I think that worked really well I hope you guys took plenty of information from it I think some of the, my biggest takeaways were his views of SNC as a player which I wanted to try and speak to him about so um, I, I know he mentioned in the episode that it does depend on the player and there's, and there's various views but he spoke about what his views were and the reasons for going into sports science because of his injury history he also spoke about using objective markers to motivate players, so using data. And I know we spoke about this with a few previous guests as well about the modern player and how they can be motivated from, from data. So that was really good to get views, um, Yule's opinion on that. And then his, where he spoke about using his experience of, of injuries. So one topic that I, I really wanted to nail down with Yule was his views of SNC as a player and what he's carried over to a co- as a coach. And one of the biggest things where um, he was able to interact and communicate well with, pe- with players that are injured because he's been through that. So using his past experiences allows him to communicate and, and talk through his experience with players a little bit more. And I think that was a really good and interesting insight from Yule. Thanks a lot to the coaches that have reached out recently. We've had loads of coaches that reached out regarding hosting network meetings next year. Well, this year as well, actually. We've got a few that are going to be announced very soon. But big thank you to everyone. Um, We are interested in getting the meetings booked for 2020. So if your club is interested in hosting a meeting, please get in touch. Just drop us an email 
mail at footballfitfed.com and we are looking at getting those dates booked in a diary as soon as possible so we can get those released we are looking at traveling around the country so we've got we've had clubs from all over get in contact and that's exactly what we want we want to try and spread these meetings far and wide so we can cover as much ground as possible and come and see all you guys um, out there right across the country like i said at the start of the episode thank you very much to everyone that shared the episode so far But please continue to do it. I'm looking to grow the audience to try and get this information out to more people. The audience is growing, so I do appreciate everyone sharing it so far. But please just take a couple of minutes out of your day to share it on social media. Send your favorite episode out to friends, family, colleagues, whoever it is you you think will benefit. I really do appreciate it. The more we can do it, the bigger the audience we can get and we can keep the quality guests coming. So I really do appreciate you guys taking the time and doing that. And then also, if you do have a couple of minutes out of your day, just head over to iTunes and leave us a review. I think we've got over 20 reviews on there so far, but that'd be great to try and build a number of those up. Again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Yule. I really enjoyed speaking to him and I'm really keen to get him back on soon. And we will speak to you again next week.